Content warning. The Adventures in Hellworld podcast talks in depth about QAnon, which means we have to talk about all kinds of child abuse and violence against people. Listener discretion advised. Hello, everybody. I am Mike Rains, a.k.a. Poker and Politics. Welcome, welcome to what is sure to be a very exciting episode of Adventures in Hellworld. It's so special. We even brought Sarge back. He's here. Here's Sarge. I've been here the last couple weeks. <laughs> I never left. <laughs> Maybe I don't. I don't remember that. And I'm also joined with, <laughs> and I'm also joined with the mysterious L. Hello, uh, my beautiful babies. <laughs> ah, he's back. He's back from the grave. Negative forty-eight was right. It's JFK. <laughs> what are you talking about? I am Nicole Kidman, and I never went anywhere. I'm just here to tell you how great AMC movie theaters are. Did you see the stills from the new Clone High? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, whatever. Uh, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> that one was like, it was good, but it's of of all the stuff that's getting a wacky like fifteen years too late reboot or whatever. Like, I it, I'm more skeptical of it than most. <laughs> I just uh, I already like the context of them uh, standing next to a restaurant called the Grassy Knoll, where they took. JFK for dinner. Yeah, I mean that that sort of uh that that was always sort of that that show's wheelhouse or whatever. So those sort of like little visual gags are pretty easy. But we'll see what the actual writing is like. Yes. Anyway, uh, but but no, I was making fun of one of my favorite things on earth the the intro role to when you're good when you go to see AMC movies for the past like year. <laughs> there's like this, and, and, and they have yeah, them edited down to like various lengths. And, like, sometimes when we'll go to, like, the fancy screen, we'll get the fucking two-minute-long full version. Nicole Kidman is really laid it on thick telling you, yo, how great are movie theaters? And I, I'm just So kidding. we, uh, me and Foxy went and saw Dungeons & Dragons at a not AMC, and they had the pre-movie role where it was the primary cast telling us how big of a heroes we are for going to the movie theater. And I was like, this is awful. This is the most cringy thing here. And I'm at a D and D movie. Like, yeah, like what sort of focus testing did they do where they thought that audience like were just like, yeah, this we're we're receptive to this. Every everyone everyone I've ever known has hated those moments where they're they're pandering to you, the audience, to try to solicit your future theater business. It's just yeah. like, what the fuck? I'm already here. I was like, we we have a contract. I show up for this movie, and then you were allowed to advertise for your business to me in the form of previews for future movies that is it <laughs> and or, in some like, places concessions oh well, yeah uh, I, will... I mean you can advertise the concessions too but like we already have an established format for you to advertise the services you provide you don't get to so... interject new commercials to just be like you know it's great just the concept of movies am i right guys and it's just like shut the fuck up i'm already here <laughs> literally in this thing though like where you get popcorn that somehow tastes better than popcorn at home I'm like that's not a mystery they drown it in butter. Like, yeah, when I'm making it at home, it's microwaved and it doesn't have a tenth of the butter. Yes. The movie also, theater- the best possible spice is me not having to make something. No, yeah. like that is that is how it comes out spiced the way I like it is the I order it and then it arrives. I'm just like, <laughs> oh, so, so tasty and flavorful. Yeah. Yeah, we have a uh, whole new business called DoorDash. Where's the just... Where's the Japanese word for that flavor? That fl- flavor, you know what I mean? Remember how there used to be like the five core flavors, and then science decided to step in and just be like, "No, no, no, nerds! There are actually a bunch of them." Well, I propose 
the next one. It is a purely psychological flavor where your experience is enhanced simply by virtue of the fact that you did not have to make this shit. That is how Blue Apron keeps tricking people. They're like giving you half of that experience. <laughs> and insisting that it's cheaper than buying regular groceries. And it's just like, <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah. You're absolutely fucking wrong about that. Yeah. I just love the idea of going to a concert and then the band gets on stage and before they start playing, there's like, thank you so much for coming to our concert. Concerts are so important. And you coming out here and doing this is very special to us. Thank you. Please, for the love of God, keep attending concerts. And I mean, now, you're, you're now imagine that, but it's Nicole Kidman. Yes. Yeah. And, and and every time you watch it, it seems like somehow there's someone at, a, at like at some sort of sinister soundboard, making her sound more or less Bostonian, depending on which version of it you're watching. <laughs> like, every once in a while, I'll go with my friends, and like we'll be listening to it. We'll start cracking up and just looking back and forth at each other, because every once in a while, it'll be super mellow, but you're like, you'll get the one cut where she's just like, Kablamo! Here they are! <laughs> <laughs> I will defend bands. I've been to a lot of shows where the bands have thanked me for coming to the show. That's well, not that weird. If another you... band came up and and was just like that was not playing that night, it was like, well, I just want to thank you for coming to the venue. Aren't venues great? But, like, yeah, that, but that's what I was saying. It's like the concept of the concert, where the, yeah. band is, like, the concept of concerts is incredible. Yeah, thank, you, thank you for listening to music, like generally, folks. Am I right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't music grand? Oh, music. <laughs> Isn't this genre of entertainment good? Shouldn't you enjoy this genre more? <laughs> oh, God. You know, even if it's not us, guys, we're just happy that you're out here listening to music. So please stop just downloading it. And please come see us so we can sell you a t-shirt. Yes. <laughs> Put it in. Put <laughs> <Black> t-shirt. Woo. <laughs> <sighs> Okay, I guess we should probably actually get on with the with the show, uh, yeah. which of course means starting with our wonderful amuse bouche. It's time for a light sampling of insanity. Get ready for the amuse bouche. <laughs> Marjorie Taylor Green, Green, Marjorie Marjorie Taylor Green. I heard one heck of an interview. I said, I tell yeah. you what. No, Marjorie yeah. Taylor Greene decided to give herself one hell of a stupid dumb fuck interview uh, because, of course, any interview featuring her would be both stupid and dumb fuck, uh, although this one was even scintillating in its madness. Uh, so I will go on over to Mr. Mike Rains to explain to us uh, what's going on with MTG in the news cycle this week that doesn't involve her Trump-related bullshit. We'll get to that later. Oh, yeah. uh, so for some godforsaken reason, 60 Minutes decided to air Marjorie Taylor Greene and give us this whole thing about how she's like a conservative firebrand who's like speaks her mind and people like have to take her seriously. It's like, no, we don't. She's a crank. She's an idiot. And the best part about this interview was just the fact that Leslie Stahl just let Marjorie Taylor Greene say all kinds of shit. Oh, didn't push back at all. No, like her pushback was to eye roll or say, oh, no, you can't say that. And Marjorie Taylor Greene's like, I just did. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it, Leslie? Nothing. That's what you're going to do. You're going to do nothing. And uh, MTG declared that the Democratic Party is, quote unquote, the party of pedophiles. And this is because Democrats are OK with 
children that have like, I'm, we're talking about different ages and all this kind of stuff, but they're okay with children expressing that they might be trans and that they have these feelings about their gender identity and that the Democratic Party doesn't go, oh, no, no, you're just a dumb kid. You don't know what you're talking about. We're like, okay, let's let's talk about this. Let's see what's going on in your journey to figuring out who you are. And the frothing, raging, transphobic nature of the Republican Party, like, we, man, no it is it is their boogeyman right now. Like, there's there's a blink and you'll miss it. Like, protect trans kids in the new Spider Man preview. And already I've seen three different pieces on how Spider-Man is promoting genital mutilation. Like Marjorie Taylor Greene and the right are just, if it, the culture war is about trans people and they have to bring it up every chance they get. Yeah. They got nothing else. And they got nothing else in this world. So they're just, it's just literally, we lost on gay marriage. People have found out that gay people aren't scary and monstrous. <laughs> people are real. So now we have to try to go to the next out group. We have to attack the next group. And this is the thing is that the LGBTQ plus community knows that if these people quote unquote win on demonizing trans people, it never stops there. They will go right back to going after gay people and they will just keep doing this. They will just keep moving the out group to where they, wherever they can get it to where whoever they can effectively demonize and have it be societally acceptable, they will do it. And right now they think that like this screeching and yelling about trans people is a winner, which there's no evidence for that electorally. I mean, it feels like the more anti-trans and sick about this stuff you get, the less popular you actually are. Cause it's just weird. It's just weird to hate people. I mean, there might be people who are like, ah, oh, these trans people are weird. I don't like them. But they want to just put their head down and get through life. And they want to, like, just, they want to be mad at the Democrats and their dumb wokeness. But when you're on TV 24 7 screaming about genital mutilation and these children, and they're just like, bro, dial it down. Relax. I don't need to hear this all the time. You're making this weird. All right, wanted... Mike. Virtue properly signaled. We get it. You <laughs> love trans people. Which is a great sentiment, and obviously uh, we all support trans folks here on yeah. the show. And as we've talked about have... before. But I do have to get the, the the train back on the tracks so we can get back to talking about the specifically the stupid shit Marjorie Taylor Greene was saying on the airwaves. And not broadly her hate. <laughs> She also got booed out of New York. Are we going to do all the New York stuff with the Trump stuff? Yeah, yeah I don't know. Are we doing New occasions? York stuff with Trump stuff or Marjorie Taylor Greene stuff with Marjorie Taylor Greene stuff? Well, I figured that we would get to the, the whistle incident when we were talking about all the Trump-related nonsense. This, <laughs> she's carved out her, her own little segment of madness for herself in this interview. And I will say that there are many different camps for how to feel about this interview. And I'm not sure that all the members of us Hellworldians agree on which side we're on. <laughs> because, like, I feel like there's a side where it's just, like, devil's advocate, and you're just like, hey, she's an elected official, and you have to give her a platform to speak her mind or whatever. Uh, that's just what journalism is. Uh, and then there's the camp where it's just like, okay, it was stupid to put her on there, but like, it's probably for the best that you didn't grill her too much to let her say even more stupid shit. 
And then there's the camp of people who are just like, it was stupid to put her on there, and it was irresponsible for you to not fact check her live on air, like really go after her. I am in the middle camp because, as I have said many times before, I think, and, and like anybody who still thinks that you could come at Marjorie Taylor Greene on the air and like smash her opinions right to her face and it would matter to her or her base at all, I just want to give you a little pinch on your cheek. I just want to give you a little pinch on your naive little, little cherubic cheek. Oh, that's so cute that you think that she could possibly be damaged by being assaulted with facts. If that worked, they'd be dead already. Metaphorically. Yeah. <laughs> Politically, as Alec Jones would yell after hey, screaming about murdering people. Hence it's where I land. Hence where, where I land, because there's no value in giving her that interview. It, it oh yeah, yeah. yeah. The, 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 yes, both of the, the second and third camps both stop with start with why did you do this, and then follow up with but if you were going to, either like th- then you get to the two f- to, to the forked path, you know. The thing why to me you? is yeah, the thing to me is that you just have this person who is capped out at representative. She can't win a statewide election in Georgia. Her psychotic goal for power is to be Trump's vice presidential nominee. That's the only way she can think of like ferreting herself to higher office because she's never going to be the governor or senator of Georgia. She's never going to make that leap. She would I'm have- going to stop you right here because I have to ask you a really pressing question. I'm so sorry. I normally don't like to do this. I, I usually wait, but I have to ask. Have you ever seen any Q photoshops of Joker and MTG as Joker and Harley Quinn? I have not. That oh, thank be- God. Oh, thank I, God. I saw, okay, on Saturday Night Live uh, weekly update, they photoshopped Joker makeup on MTG. So that's that's close, but it's not the same thing. Yeah. Like, I, I, I'm just, I'm glad that even Q hasn't escalated the madness to, to starting to like ship them as they're sort of like. They're mad. They're madness avatars slash weird romantic standheads for like bad decision making. Yeah. Anyway, she, sorry. Continue. She yeah. used Q as a springboard to get elected, then has moved just far enough away to be on committees and taken seriously. She's back on committees, right? Yeah, the, the Republicans yeah. have the House. Yeah, McCarthy put her back on committees as as part of the way to get her vote for the speakership, which is all he wanted. So yeah. yeah. And, and now she's, like Mike's saying, she's stuck where she is unless uh, Trump can, you know, fight through 34. Now I'm going to give you the... people to Google Trump 34. Yeah, great. Wonder Bar. We're getting there soon, Sarge. We're getting there soon. It's going to happen. He's like, he's, like a, he's like a mad dog, this Sarge. Trump yeah, rule 34. Just check oh, it out. He just can't, he just can't get... He's, like, <laughs> <laughs> he's, been, he's been waiting. He's been waiting so long for the payoff. And now, now we got him back in the ring again for a second, for a, a rare repeat second. Back in the ring. He was here last week in the week before. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so moving swiftly along, because again, we'll we'll have more opportunities to talk about Marjorie Taylor Greene later, of course, because why wouldn't we? Uh, But uh, (laughs) Mike insisted that uh, we talk about this, uh, some sort of special election that I, of course, don't know anything about. So I turn it over to Mike to explain why we're talking about it. Okay, so... Wisconsin is one of the most corrupt, gerrymandered, absolutely ridiculous states in America. 
where I think in the last couple of elections, the Democrats won roughly 60% of the votes statewide, yet Republicans held like 60% of the state elected seats because they had just managed to draw the lines in such unbelievably ridiculous ways that they made it so that they weren't even a functioning democracy and Republicans didn't even have to listen to their constituents because they had effectively exiled them out of all the districts they needed to control. So there was finally a special election in Wisconsin, and the special election was going to replace a conservative judge. And if the liberal judge got elected, this would give Wisconsin Supreme Court a liberal majority, and then liberals can file lawsuits against gerrymandering and for abortion rights and all kinds of other fun shit. And then the liberals will approve this because we're no longer just reading the law. We're actually just legislating via the judiciary and the Democrat, uh, the Democrat judge won in a landslide last night, uh, 55 to 45. And this was a state that Biden won by like 0.0002% in the 20, in the 2020 election. But the people of Wisconsin are so fucking fed up with this shit. They were like, nope, fuck <laughs> you. We're, we're blowing this out. We're crushing this. So now, um, basically the, the Republican machine of Wisconsin is finally going to be broken at this point. And Wisconsin may actually achieve something resembling representative democracy in the near future. Because um, if you remember when the 2020, when the 2022 midterms were going, the Republican nominee for governor literally stated once I win, no Republican will ever lose in Wisconsin again. And then he lost. So like they're, Wisconsin's Republican Party is pretty uh, pretty overt about the authoritarian fascism and how your vote, we really don't want it to matter here, so fuck you. I love how they're just like, if you, the people, elect me your representative, I will make sure that your votes no longer matter. And somehow that isn't working. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's amazing. Weird, yeah. Because you know, so, of, of course, of course, for now, the you know, like in, in that scenario, the, of course, the Republican votes are matters. But broadly speaking, he's just like, I will kill democracy if you elect me democratically. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, and uh, this was uh, this was such a devastatingly uh, devastating blow to the Republican Party uh, at all that Alex Jones' friend and. Part of the January 6th bullshit, Ali Alexander went on Telegram and said, that's it. I don't see a path to 270 for the Republicans in 2024. We're screwed. Basically, he just knows that if Wisconsin's Republicans can't throw enough sand in the gears to fuck with the election in 2024, Wisconsin's going blue. And they really need to win Wisconsin if they're going to have any path to winning the the election for Trump. So, yeah, it's this was a uh, very this was a kind of under the radar election that a lot of people have been talking about. And now finally it came and went. And uh all of that was great, but also what was great was the bitter caking loser of the election declared that he wished he had a worthy opponent to concede to, but that didn't happen. And, <laughs> what? And, when, when, when to admit that you lost to somebody that sucks, right? <laughs> it's just like, if I, had a, if I had a worthy opponent, that would be fine, but I lost to this unworthy guy. It's like that I lose at magic and I tell my opponent, I didn't lose because you beat me. I lost because my deck betrayed me or 
or like I didn't draw the cards I need. It's, you didn't beat me. I lost. Like that's. I will never forget. Sarge just triggered this memory in my head. I was playing. Uh, it was. It was. It was either Magic or Lord of the Rings or something. But I was playing a card game, and my opponent got my opponent's deck betrayed them in the most vicious way possible, and I beat them. And the guy looked at me and said, "Good game. A monkey could have done that." And then just like, grabbed his cards and stormed away. I was like, and I was like, "Sorry, man." That's not what it does when it happens. Sometimes you lose. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that definitely sounds like some Lord of the Rings style shit. Because I, yeah, I, I remember feeling like I was playing like a monkey and still crushing people in that game. <laughs> probably was. Like, uh, like, no. a state, like the state champion that one time he showed up at our little store when I was like 13. <laughs> and I borrowed your deck and then crushed him. <laughs> I I uh, didn't know it. And I beat when state champs and magic still mattered. Uh I beat the Nebraska state champ at an FNM game. And that's when ratings were still a thing. And Oh man, never have you seen a more salty Midwest teenager. He was, was back, back when, back when everybody had a rating score instead yeah. of the, the standardized smasher pass rating system we've all got to now. Yeah. He, his rating definitely took a huge hit losing to me. And he was so salty. Yeah. And uh, finishing up his concession speech, he declared, uh, "Good luck, good luck to good luck to Wisconsin. You're going to need it. So, <laughs> you could have done that. <laughs> Just... <laughs> so yeah, uh, die mad, you salty bitches, Republican Party. You're the best. It's like yeah, all the people great. who said they were moving out of Chicago if uh, Brandon won, and Brandon won. So yeah." Oh yeah, I, I've seen a lot. Of, I've seen a lot of people uh, complaining about the Chicago mayoral election. Also, I saw I saw some paid for blue check mark on Twitter being like, "I'm officially questioning the results of the Chicago election." I'm like, <laughs> I'm like "Oh, really? Oh, I it's official now." Yeah, You're uh, here we go. It's official. You're he questioning a Chicago election? Get the fuck <laughs> out of here! People haven't been doing that for two hundred years. Yeah. <laughs> That's the, the Chicago way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the, the, the ghost of Mayor Daly is still fucking pulling the switches. Sorry, buddy. Michelle Connery got a little Australian there. Anyway, yeah. we want to move on from talking about uh, Chicago and uh, <laughs> Chicago and the, the, the good, good news about uh, the special election, which I am glad that you brought up. But at the same time, fuck you for making us talk about Wisconsin. Get out of here. Get out of here with that fit. What Dakota? What Dakota? What Dakota? I was going to mention that L's a desire to attack all 50 states working at a fever clip now. Bam. Take that. Yeah. I mean, before I was doing it organically, but now that artificial fire burns within me. I'm like a Mecha Godzilla. Uh, anyway, uh, I guess it's time for us to move on to the juicy, juicy bow that is this week's headline news. From the digital headlines to the digital front lines, it's cues in the news. Uh, yeah, Donald Trump, who is a dickhead and could not see fit to have done it a couple of days early or a couple of days later. But no, now that we are peak far, like right in the middle, far away from it on both ends, he has finally been indicted and uh, like officially arrested for his crimes. Hey, hey, oh, <laughs> 34 counts. Uh, I don't think we're going to go through the whole indictment. There's much smarter people that can do that for you, but 34 counts. All yep. of them fraudulent, certainly. Yep. 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 Fraudul fraudulent business business records, uh, falsifying business records, and they are all felonies. They are all juicy, juicy felonies. So that's wonderful. 
I have seen so much bitter caking and so much complaining about this and how, oh, this is so bullshit. They're going after him over this and all that, blah, blah, blah. Michael Cohen went to jail for this already. We already yeah. have a precedent <laughs> in this crime of someone going to jail over it. Does Michael Cohen get to dip into a time machine and get those years of his life back that he spent in a club fed? Well, you Does have he- to you have to remember, Mike, that the like everyone's core conceit on the Trump team is that the president can't be prosecuted for crimes, even if he's not the president anymore. He is just immune. He just gets to do crime. <laughs> Whatever, whoever gets elected to office, the highest office of the land, they just get to crime it up. <laughs> Okay, so obviously we have a nice big hearty stew of different uh, angles of attack to discuss the whole the whole Trump nonsense. So uh, I'll turn it over to, to, to Mike to, to lead the lead the tour so far. So where do we want to start in all of this mess? Well, the first thing I wanted to talk about, which I guess because technically we're a QAnon podcast and all that good stuff, is QAnon's reaction to all of this was basically "Bring it! We're we're we we're, we're, we back Trump one million percent." The digital <laughs> soldiers fired up their Photoshop factories and got oh, to work. Oh, did they ever? Oh my God! So this thing has. Um, because they have to react to everything positively. This is an incredibly important part of QAnon is that it, it is a, <laughs> it is a hope based movement and it is a movement based on inevitable victory. So everything that happens has to be just a step towards that victory. Even if it looks like a step backwards, it's truly not because that's For instance, their I love Donald Trump. I am glad that he was arrested. Yeah. Exactly. Wait, wait. Mike, is this the storm? Is the storm <laughs> upon us? Uh, so there is part of the QAnon mythos is Q stated that the first arrest would trigger a mass population reaction to it. And once it became kind of obvious that all this stuff percolating around Trump might result in his indictment, a lot of Q, a lot of Q people were like, what if Trump is the first arrest? And then this... <laughs> Because originally it was Hillary. Yeah, it was originally going to be Hillary or Obama or maybe Comey or Fauci. It was going to be one of their enemies. But then as the tide turned, they were like, wait a minute. What if it's Trump? And this is how the normies get woken up to how corrupt our system of justice is. And that's what triggers the Great Awakening is by is by Trump getting indicted. It just flips the script and it just turns everything around. And. So now that this has happened, this is the path they're going to go down, where Trump is actually the first arrest that Q was pr- promising us all those millions of years ago, back when Q was actually posting. Well, that makes the most sense to me, and it is time for what what is my possibly hot take to made to be made manifest on our podcast for our listeners' ears. Uh, that would be in line with other QAnon predictions, because I think... Donald J. Trump ain't shit anymore. I I think he is com- like I think the bloom is already off that rose. I don't think he's got even half the juice he used to have. Like fa- failing at reclaiming your presidency was a blow that he could not weather. Like my skin is not tingling even a little over the fact that he is like being brought up on charges. I just couldn't care less. I'm just like, oh, I hope they stick. But like, I like people are like, oh no, you think there's going to be marching in the streets or like crazy riots with a bunch of loss of life or whatever? I'm just like, no, absolutely not. None of that is happening. January 6th was like all they had in the tank. Like they're just going to piss and moan on the internet, and then eventually, you know, 
Like, yeah. Donald Trump will go away. Yeah, I I do think that Trump will win the Republican nomination, mostly because I just don't think that they have anyone to supplant him with. DeSantis sucks. And I think that I think that really what's going to happen is we are going to have the most boring election like basically ever from a results standpoint, because the cake is baked on Trump. He basically got the same percentage of votes that he got against Hillary that he got against Biden. It was just that there was no more third party bullshit and more people voted to just give Biden a bigger cushion that he was able to win the Electoral College. But it's like Trump's ceiling is somewhere around like 47 percent, if that. And none of this shit is going to make it better for him. There's no one who was on the fence who was like, oh, shit, Trump got indicted. I, I, I was thinking about Biden, but now now I got to go Trump. I mean, there's no two ways about it. I mean, my God, you indict somebody that obviously makes him way more politically viable. So holy shit, I, I'm, I'm on it. I'm on it. And I've actually seen some people like worrying. They're like, what's Trump going to do to court moderates and independents? And I'm like, nothing. <laughs> He's never he didn't do it for the last two elections. This election, he sure is fucking going to do it. Yeah, and if he shows up in a fucking orange jumpsuit to a moderate's house or, you know, whatever, <laughs> if, if they don't live on Mars and have heard that he is being investigated for federal crimes, it's like, you I know, I wasn't on board charged. before, but now I really love it. Right, exactly. Oh, yeah, getting, getting charged for crimes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's just so silly to think that this guy's got more juice now than he's had in either of the previous two elections where he, again, did not break 47% in either one of them. And that now is the moment where the American people will finally wake up and take his side. <laughs> and it's just, it, it's just adorable. I mean, I, in a way, and nobody's like, mobilizing anywhere, right? I haven't, like, no. like ain't, ain't nobody oh, going anywhere and doing anything, even though, like, like you know, if, if you if you were one of the people questioning whether or not Donald Trump could become a political martyr and your bet was no, then congratulations, your winnings are coming soon. They're coming in the mail. Right. The, ju- the judge in his indictment literally told him, do not go onto social media or TV and incite violence or intimidate, you know, the nation, you know, uh, intimidate basically everyone that could be a juror or and or is a witness in your case. And then he immediately goes and does that. And his son <laughs> truthed out a photo of the judge's daughter. Like, oh, yeah. And, and tr- yeah, Trump called the judge a Trump hating judge or a Trump hating wife and family. Yeah, he, he Trump, the judge was just like, I do not want to hit you with a gag order because I understand the immense First Amendment situation about having a current presidential candidate under indictment. So I'm going to tread very lightly and hope that you will be able to fucking mind your own business. And Trump's like, nope. Going to make you do that gag order. Absolutely going to make you do uh, that gag order. Yeah, immediately now. Yeah, just can't help himself. Is just going to dig a bigger hole for this shit like you read about. Because um, Trump and his lawyers managed to get the next time Trump is going to be actually in a courtroom pushed to December 4th of this year. So we are like seven months away from that. And he's just going to talk shit about this judge for forever. So at some ill-defined point, probably around the end of the summer, a gag order is going to be issued and then Trump's going to violate it. And they're going to haul his ass in the court 
And we're going to have the ultimate fun of having Trump facing a contempt of court citation that could have him hauled off to jail. That, I mean, of all the ways he could possibly go to jail of this whole thing, his own dumb bad behavior is like a number one right now. What's how it could be achieved. Cause again, this trial probably won't resolve until after the election. I mean, if he just kept his yap shut, he could probably kick this can down the road, but that's not who he is. He's incapable of being quiet and just being even remotely kind of, I don't know, an adult. So as a result, like it's going to, he's just going to make this worse on himself. It's basically the end result. There's no two ways about it. He is absolutely going to fuck this up. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Okay. I mean, that's, that, that, that is his way. Yeah. It's all he knows. Yeah. So, so the, the so the QAnon perspective on this is, of course, it's part of the elaborate five uh, D chess prophecy first mm-hmm. domino. I mean, I know I feel like the first domino has fallen. Oh boy, no! I'm just sitting here being whelmed by the whole situation and wishing that there was more juice to it. Can I get more juice to it while also securing people's lives? Because I don't want there to be any like actual like life threatening violence. Can I? I want I want to like per, I would have perfected the kick. Straight at the at the line. I want it to land. I want it to stop right there. <laughs> he, he wants to pin Team Trump right on the one yard line. Wants that ball to land perfectly. It's for the so, good of the show and our ability to sell out in the future. These <laughs> QAnon people, they they can't keep flaming out. If Trump can flame out, then who can't? <laughs> it is interesting that we did have the mobilization that we did have was basically people waving Trump flags as Trump's car drove to the airport to then dr- fly him to New York. To oh yeah. I don't him. mean to imply that certainly no, that, that like absolutely nobody showed up. Of course, yeah. some people showed up, but like yeah. we didn't, oh, we didn't bet. get a January 6th. No, it was just like, Oh shit, four, three or whatever. A day that will live in infamy. Like nobody, like it was just like, <laughs> it was the day where Donald Trump much more peacefully than any other United States citizen got led by a full motorcade to a place to be arrested. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It was, it was just, just really by the book event. He went to the courtroom. He said he was not guilty. He sat at the defendant's chair. People took photos of him. There's a hilarious paint courtroom sketch of him that was made. Like all that stuff happened. And it was just the process. It was just the American judicial process beginning its incredibly slow grinding operation towards this thing. And the one thing that really just absolutely blew my mind was I saw just a little bit of coverage and I actually saw some idiot on TV being like, couldn't this backfire on the Democrats? And it, and I'm just thinking to myself, like, the Democrats didn't indict Trump. It was a grand jury in New York who saw the evidence and then filed to indict. This wasn't Joe Biden like ordering Trump's arrest. The Democrats didn't arrest him. <laughs> Just the idea, because even our shitty media wants this to be some sort of weird, like straight up political thing where like team blue is now prosecuting the leader of team red because that's how American politics work. And it's like, no, this was a crime. This was a crime that we knew about for a long, long time. Like where again, a guy already went to jail over it. And when he wanted to write a book about that crime, uh, Bill Barr and Donald Trump threw him back in jail for trying to write that book about the crime. And then they had to let him out because he served his time. 
Do you think these uh, successful indictments, successful in that he actually got indicted and charged, lead to more in other places? Do you think that it makes like the Georgia ones more likely? Absolutely. I don't see how he he is going to absolutely get indicted. The federal indictment from Jack Smith about the documents is 100% going to happen. What they do about January 6th, that is I think there will be a January 6th based indictment at some point. Um, I don't know why Georgia's dragging their feet. It almost felt like Georgia was waiting for New York to go first. But we had the foreman of the grand jury. We had her on TV literally saying, yeah, we recommended indictment charges against him. So I don't see why not on Georgia. So I really do think that all the people out there who are doing this ridiculous, oh, the American legal system is so weird and there's so many permutations and you probably committed four felonies today without even knowing it. And it's like, fuck you. That's bullshit. Like the idea that we have this inscrutable legal system that no one can avoid running afoul of if they don't do the right thing. It's it's ludicrous. I just can't wait for those people to go from, oh, everyone's a criminal, really, if you think about it, to after he gets indicted for stealing documents and selling them to the Saudis and shit. They're going to be like, well, you know, technically everyone's a traitor. I mean, it's just the way it is. Sometimes you got to sell government secrets. It could happen to anybody. (laughs) Right. It could happen to anyone. Just the way way it works. It's just... So I do think that probably probably in like three or four months, this case is going to be the least of Trump's problems because he's going to get the big boy crimes coming at him in the very near future. And it's going to be like, oh, yeah, remember, remember when he was merely indicted for falsifying business records to cover up a hush money payment to the, to the porn star that he had sex with once? Oh, man, that was those were the sunny days of the Trump legal system battle, because now he's being indicted for actual national security crimes in his rambling speech uh, about this whole thing because like he wanted he just wanted this day to be all about me so he got in front of a lectern and gave a big speech and ranted and raved he did let it slip that oh yeah by the way i am being looked into for violating the espionage act i am actually the that stolen documents thing it's much worse than you thought it's <laughs> it's really bad it's like so bad you have no idea. They're talking treason. <laughs> they could. I could get the death penalty. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's not get too excited there. That, that, that seems real unlikely. Although, what a, what a time to be alive that would be. <laughs> that would be. Oh, that would be, I, I don't think that's. I, I don't think it's actually going to happen. I'm just saying that it was just really funny that he's just so incapable of filtering himself, and he's just such a giant moron that. He's just letting us know, A, he's guilty, and B, he's he's being investigated for bigger crimes. Because his interview with Sean Hannity, oh boy, if you were his lawyer, you are just, I don't know, you probably aren't you probably are still on your bender from that one, because Hannity was just like, So, Donald Trump, you're not the kind of guy that, you know, takes national security documents and keeps them for yourself because you're just a straight up American who like in values national just security. A regular American guy. You're just a guy. Just some right. Guy. You're just a guy who you happen to be president, but you would never violate our national security. And Trump was immediately like, oh no, no, I, I was right to take them. 
I had the right to do that. Like, Sean, Sean, buddy, buddy, I can take whatever documents I want. I was the president. It's all cool. We're good. And Hannity was like, oh, let's move on. Um, we're, we're moving on because I'm having you confessing to crimes on my show this uh, yeah. <laughs> on the crime bay. I mean, yeah, I've, I've read more than one thing about how the worst decision Donald Trump and his lawyers could make going forward is have him testify. Oh my God. There is literally no way on God's green earth. If he ever testified under oath that he would not commit a million counts of perjury. Like right. everything he would say, it was like, uh, <laughs> it'd be the greatest thing in the world. It'd be like Donald Trump, uh, convicted on five of the 34 counts of falsifying business records, now indicted on 30 counts of perjury, and they're all slam dunks. And then the report is just literally, this is the lie, this is the fact, this is the lie. And it's just like, oh my God. Like, oh man, that is a man who is asserting his Fifth Amendment rights because, fuck, there's no goddamn way he could talk without it being a crime. Because his only two options are confess, because he's too stupid to know he's confessing, or perjury. Perjury, easily provable <laughs> perjury. That's it. I mean, it's <laughs> okay. Well, just when you thought it was safe to get back into the political landscape of America, no, no, no. Here comes Marjorie Taylor Greene again, as prophesized and promised earlier in the show. She's back, and we are going to talk about her yet again, the old double dip, because she had some stuff to say. Uh, she was among uh, a few politicians that showed up to to go to bat for Donald Trump before uh, scurrying away, like the cowards they are, uh, among them being George Santos and MTG, who we're going to talk about now, and presumably some others. <laughs> so uh, I'll let Mike, like some of this I actually know about for once, but I'll, I'll let Mike take us in. Mike, who all showed up to, to voice their physical, actual bodily support for Donald Trump? The thing that's really funny about that is I didn't see, I, I was trapped in a, I, I was trapped in an airtight seal basically during the indictment. I just saw the whistlegate thing. I just saw Marjorie try to scream and yell about how America's Republic is falling and we need to be saved. And then she was drowned out by whistles. And then after she was drowned out by the whistles, they found the guy that gave out the whistles and he was actually a pro Trump protester who was handing out whistles and he didn't know that Marjorie Taylor Greene was in the area and that his whistles had been used to shout her down and crush her bullhorning into the crowd. So basically the, the pro Trump people accidentally worked against themselves to, <laughs> to ruin Marjorie's uh, attempted star making performance that would turn her into the vice presidential nominee for the Republican party in 2024. Have have we figured out what she was trying to say? I mean, she did have a bullhorn. You could kind of make her out. In she the she talked for two minutes. It's all culture war nonsense. It's nothing worth like repeating. How long, how how many seconds into it did it take for her to mention like children's genitals? That's their big sticking point. They love to talk about them. Forty five seconds. They cannot. They cannot stop talking about those things that they claim to hate. Like it's just like, why would you? Why would you discuss it at like literally every moment of your life? Then get the fuck out of here with that shit. I don't want to think about those. Get out of here. Yeah. And uh, and she had that post on Twitter about again the Democratic Party being the party of pedophiles. And she has this photo, this video clip of like Biden leaning into this kid and talking to him and making it look all creepy. And oh, look at this weird Biden guy getting frenzy and handsy with this kid. And obviously he's a sicko. And the yeah. whole, the, the actual context of the video 
was that the kid has a stutter. And that's like Biden's big thing. Cause Biden had a stutter too. And Biden's like the ultimate avatar of the stuttering community. Cause he's like, I overcame my stutter and now I'm the fucking president. So you think so he, no, so you think he laid there real close? It was just like, I'm going to f- 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 fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I that, that was terrible. I couldn't resist. No. Yeah. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> <laughs> the look on Sergeant's face is so great. <laughs> that was very bad. Yeah, that was worse. Yeah, I've done worse. <laughs> I mean, not that we haven't cut. No, no, no everything. Who knows if we're cutting that one? I mean, look, I'm, 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 I'm not. I, I have nothing against anyone with a stutter. I don't mean to disparage them. That is the part I have the most. I have the most. Uh, I, know, I have nothing against the pedophile community. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, no. We, we we do a content warning at the top of the show that there's going to be do, do, like horrible discussions like that. But the stutter thing—that's a stray uh, that I would like to apologize for. The other stuff is covered by content warning. <laughs> Scoreboard. That's putting this content warning. Content warning. This is a comedy show. We have to talk about people that are obsessed with pedophiles. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and it's just this really. This is everything they do. They always find this shit where, basically, if Biden is within like fifty feet of a kid, they will find a freeze frame where the kids, the look on the kid's face is a little awkward or a little off, and then they're like, "Boom, post it." Yeah, like, like uh, how many times did they follow up those images with the picture of Trump with Epstein? like is there pictures of him like with Epstein and, and or delayed and like just palling around just being like ah, we're all rich and like back then our boy didn't seem to I mean oh, he was just a babe in the woods how could he have known how could he have known when he was on the island personally <laughs> <laughs> Trump is literally quoted as saying Epstein likes young girls I mean that's taken out of context he meant another guy Epstein's right. a very common name. And Donald Trump lives in New York, a city filled with many Jews. A, yes. a great many Jews, you know? Yes. <laughs> yeah, and it, it could have been Jeff Epstein, not Jeffrey. Absolutely, t- totally different guy. It was his that. Mexican Jewish friend, Hefe. It's just so ridiculous. It's so silly that... Their guy is literally very easily linked to the most famous child trafficking monster of our age. And well, just since the goat died, <laughs> rest in power, Michael Jackson. <laughs> now, you guys both made very sour faces when I made that joke. It, before he died, he was literally the poster boy for grooming children. So don't come at me with those sour pussies. <laughs> I love Billy Jean as much as the next guy, but that dude had problems. Yeah. <laughs> my, 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 it wasn't a sour face about Michael Jackson. I was more just wondering, like, in my head, I was like, did Jerry Sandusky die? Did the Catholic Church die? We've just had so many. Uh, did Gary Glitter die? Like, we've just had so many events with pedophiles in the recent memory. You know, that... that's fair. So it, it, it is a much closer discussion than the the quarterback one. I I should have been a little more clear when I discuss, when I when I said my pick for the goat. Yes, <laughs> it's just um, 
Jimmy Savile <laughs> dead. Like, yep, yeah. Oh God, that 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 mon- that fucking monster. QAnon loves bringing up Jerry Savile because he's he's the perfect example of their idea of the evil celebrity <laughs> elite that like hid their crimes for forever. And it's like, well, they got exposed. I mean, it sucked that he didn't get punished when he was alive, but we all know he's a monster now. So they, they had to remove his gravestone so people would stop pissing on it. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that seems like it's in poor taste. You just leave it there to be pissed on. He was a monster. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> people need a designated pissing spot. Yeah, right. what are you talking about? Oh, fuck these people. Yeah. <laughs> just like, oh, what did he do? Oh, yeah, let it fly then. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, he did what? Oh, let us put that back up there for you. That's just, I'm sorry to remove that. <laughs> I have sorry. to assume he was buried in like a really fancy uh, cemetery. And it's just like, you know, people are there. Mourning their rich grandma, they look over and it's like, that guy pissing. Yeah, that's Jimmy Savile's gravestone. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> just laying flowers down. It's just yeah. They, just, they should just, they should just have built like like they should just build the plastic walls of a porta potty around it. Yeah, <laughs> that way everybody wins. Everybody everybody can let their feelings be known, and nobody else gets disturbed. And the little kids, it could just be like, "What's going on over there?" She's like, "Oh, that's construction, honey. That's a portable we'll loo t- or whatever." Yeah, we'll tell you there. when you're older. The women yeah. don't piss on it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> well, you, that that would be like a, the coming of age in Britain is when you get to take your first piss on Jerry Savile's grave. It's just it's like, oh man. <laughs> anyway, Mike, I expected you to know more about the Santos thing than I did. I heard that he showed up and then was quickly ushered away because he was quote afraid for his safety. But I guess he was afraid of his safety from reporters. I guess he just kept being yeah. mobbed by reporters while he was there. Oh, and then he wimped out and ran away like a like a soft person. His kryptonite is reasonable questions that he should have answers to. I mean, is that his kryptonite? I feel like he's got a solid play for that, and that is to just lie. To just lie about it because, like, what are they going to do? It, they've made it clear, like, they're, they're not kicking him out yet. <laughs> How many more lies would need to be uncovered before they finally did the do? Well, uh, I think that probably at this point, his main concern, uh, avoiding re- avoiding reporters and answering questions, it would involve the person who brought up the fact that they were a part of his credit card skimming crime spree <laughs> that he was the ringleader of. So I don't think he wants to like talk about that little thing that's not being looked into by law enforcement because I mean, it's, his entire life is just one giant crime. So the fact that we actually have people on the record being like, oh, yeah, by the way, this was an actual like financial crime that I know George Santos was a part of because I was part of his network of people that were stealing credit card numbers off of people in public in restaurants and shit. I, I can see why George would not want to be like, oh, yeah, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the thing that could actually like lead to charges against me. Not that not that the, the a million other things couldn't eventually get me in legal hot water, but this is just a straight up outright crime crime that has been talked about in the recent past in my like why did this guy why did this guy do this? Why did he try to win a fucking house seat? Did he think that there'd be no heat on him after he became an elected <laughs> official holding a national office? It's just like you know, if I'm, I'm, I'm sort of glad that he exists if only because it's like uh, it is a metric that we have gotten better in some ways as a culture or at least more tolerant because can you imagine how nuclear the Bob show would have been in the 90s? If somebody that was elected to a position like that was discovered to have been a secret drag queen. Like, oh my God. Dude, Bill, Bill Clinton shit got all fucked up from an extramarital blowjob. Like, a secret drag queen? Holy shit. 
<laughs> game over, man. Game. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, he would have had to have resigned in disgrace immediately because that would just be so untoward. Think of the children. All of it. I mean, it's no. Despite despite Republicans trying to make America great again, by which I mean make it the fifties, by which I mean I guess now make it the nineties, where that's not acceptable. Like. You know, fucking like, thankfully, we've we've like, despite their best efforts at hating drag queens, like as a society, we've come to love drag queens because they're delightful. It's just a different sort of performance. It's like kabuki or whatever. It's just a genre. And, uh, you know, like, I just think it's so funny that it would have been complete poison in the 90s. Now, completely acceptable, whatever. Who cares? But what Republicans are desperate to do is get back to that juicy time where we can hate him, where we can hate his guts. And it's like, <laughs> he's on your team. <laughs> right. I mean, that's what's so funny about it is that the, they're the ones screaming about this stuff. And it's like, yay, then kick him out of Congress. If, it, if, this, is, if this is the bad thing that's grooming our kids and is evil and wrong... Yo, you got you. You have George Santos. You had Donald Trump nuzzling Rudy Giuliani's boobs. We've we've done, like drag is just a part of American life for forever, and you idiots are trying to generate this ridiculous moral panic over it. It's it's so absurd. It's so ludicrous. I just but you just but never ask those people why because inevitably the conversation will. And I can't stress this enough. Turn to discussing children's genitals. Yeah, it will just happen with it. You'll be able to count it down. Get 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 out your fastest little board game sand timer and turn it over immediately because <laughs> you're getting it within thirty seconds, baby. Oh, absolutely. Oh man, you you will not be able to finish boiling an egg by the time they get straight <laughs> to the raging transphobia because that's I, I God, it's just so funny to me that this is that this is where we are in America where we have. This these frothing mad lunatics on one side, and on the other side we have this eighty year old Irish Catholic dude who's just like, let trans people be, leave them alone. Like the fact that our president should be based on his age and his religion, just like probably kind of bigoted about this kind of shit. And Biden's just been like, nope, gay people are cool, trans people are cool. He, I, I forget who it was, but there was some right wing shithead who tried to get him with the gotcha question. And they were like, hey, Biden, how many genders are there? And Biden answered at least three. And then they tried to follow up and they were just like, can you identify them? Can you name those genders? And Biden was like, leave me alone. Secret service. Back yeah, secret, yeah, secret, service, secret Service, push this person away. <laughs> Remove them from my general location. They secret just, Service, give me my katana so I can kill that man because apparently <laughs> the president is immune to, to being prosecuted. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, wait, we're getting word that they're not? That's so weird. I thought I could just decapitate this journalist with my <laughs> wall, katana. Wall in office. Wall in office. You know what? That that would be a great precedent to set. I I would love to see. I mean, imagine how much imagine how much more contentious the the race for the president would be if it was clear that once you got to the office, you became immune to being prosecuted for crime. Like, I feel like some more savvy people would start getting involved in politics just to try to go for the brass rig. <laughs> Can you imagine if, like, the head of a corporation suddenly made it to presidency and they were just like, oh, as long as I'm doing it, it's not a crime then, eh? Well, uh, looks like it's time to make a little profits. <laughs> Guess what? Your subdivision swimming pool? 
toxic waste. It always has been. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> it's now. like at, 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 by the authority vested in me is simultaneously the president of the United States and the CEO of the Disney Corporation. I hereby <laughs> induct all of you ten year old children as official Disney employees. Congratulations. Go make merch. Yeah, I'm just bringing America into one giant sweatshop, and you can't do fucking anything about it. President, boom, nailed it. Literal. Uh, yes, em- that is my signature on your quote unquote paychecks. Uh, so no crime, uh, no crime. I believe we can all agree <laughs> that there's no crime here. No, absolutely none. I, I I've just seen so many people talking about how oh, if you charge people Trump with a crime and stuff like that, more presidents are going to try to like fight to not leave office and stuff. And it's like he already did that. They all do. Every last one of them. They they all run for re-election. They all try to stay in power. Trump literally tried to organize a coup to remain in power after he lost. Like the the idea. (laughs) If if you make it clear that being the president makes you immune to crime, uh, then uh, more people are going to do all of the horrible shit that our guy pioneered. (laughs) That's not fair. That's our thing. Oh my god! It's just there's and the, the one thing I love about all of this is nobody is actually arguing that he didn't do it. There, I have, I mean, the only people who are arguing he didn't do it are like QAnon people who are like Trump is innocent. He's the most blameless man who has ever lived. The most virtuous human being that has ever existed is the fan fiction is so psychotic. It like. I've been posting screenshots of the nutso shit that have been posted, and people are like, this has to be paid for. There's no way people can earnestly believe this. And I'm here to assure you, dear listeners, people do. They are this They are this fucked up. They really do see Trump as some sort of bizarre messianic figure who's going to save humanity. It's, it's insane. Yeah. See the but, last couple of years in QAnon. Right. It's just the way they are. And, but... Any legal analysis is mostly just like, well, now this here is kind of supposed to be a misdemeanor and they bumped it up to a felony by doing this stuff. And I don't know if that's going to fly over the judge, but I haven't seen any legal analysts being like, yeah, Trump's going to be able to beat this because he didn't do it. It's like, no, no one's saying that. Literally, everyone's just sad that A, these are the charges against him and B, that he got charged at all. Like I, I just want to, I just want to fall into a time machine and go back to like whenever Al Capone got indicted and being like, oh, they're really going after him on tax evasion. This is bullshit. What, what are we even doing here? He's murdered so many people. This is this is ridiculous. And it's like, hey, they're they're getting him on what crimes they can get him on, so they can put him in jail because he's a bad person. So I mean, yeah, <laughs> this is it's like how they got Al Capone. It always goes back to like they got him on tax evasion because he was very good at hiding the murder and that's, that's also just like the that trump murdered anyone but you know there's an outside chance it's also part of the process even before then like like when criming is happening like if somebody's like suspected of like murder or whatever and they're just like well we've got him dead to rights on the traffic violation so we'll use that as an opportunity to hold them while we get our murder shit together <laughs> yeah and investigate them further and like dig into their shit like so, oh my God, guys! Did we come to the did we come to the conclusion after all that talk that maybe it is the first domino to fall, but it's falling in the opposite direction in the way that the Republicans want? Oh my God! Q wrong again. How could that be? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it, it, it's going to be just so funny as this shit piles up against him, and at the same time, you're just gonna. I, I, it is really amazing to me how Ron DeSantis is just so fucking bad at this. The fact that he was like, I'm not going to extradite Trump. And Trump's like, yeah, I don't, I don't I need to be extradited. I'm just going to get on my plane and fly there. 
calm down, Ron. I got this. <laughs> it's like, Ron, he's your political rival at this point. He need to be throwing elbows. You need to be trying to beat him up. And DeSantis is just like, oh, no, I'm, I'm still Trump's friend. I just want to be the nominee instead of him. And it's all good. Like in 2016, they did the exact same shit against this guy where they were all like, Trump's eventually going to cross a line. He's going to eventually do something that's going to disqualify him from continuing to be popular. And I'm just going to play nicey-nice with him. And then his constituents will come to me. And then I, Ted Cruz or Marco Rubio or whoever, I will be the nominee. And it didn't work because there's no way you were going to get those people away from Trump. So he just cruised. So all these Republicans who are not Trump are just sitting here being like, oh, the next indictment's going to be the one that's going to make him too toxic for the voters. And it's like, no, there's no indictment that's going to make him too toxic for Republican primary voters. Rest assured, when he gets indicted for whatever crimes he committed on the documents and every shit like that, even if we have like a fucking video of him being like, hey, I can get $5 million for selling these nuclear secrets to Saudi Arabia. Fucking tell him to PayPal it to me. Won't matter. They'll call it a deep fake. They'll fucking say that it doesn't mean anything, that it's fake news. They're going to vote for him. Like, the only way you can beat Trump is by going at him. And the fact that fucking Pudding Fingers DeSantis can't do it, it's like, congratulations, Republicans. Congratulations on Trump being your nominee again. It's Yeah, DeSantis has proven himself to be such a weak do-nothing that it's just like, I guess maybe see you in 2028 and hopefully you put yourself in the fucking hyperbaric time chamber or whatever for those four years and come out somebody that's actually got a little bite to him. Because otherwise, you're not the next Trump, buddy. Like, you don't, you've got nothing going for you. You're like, I'm the king of the worst state in the South somehow, Florida. And it's just like, wow, congratulations there, Chief. <laughs> you really did it. You're the best. I mean, like, this is the thing. Let's just say that this works out the way it does. Trump runs in 2024, gets raffle stomped. In 2028, just like your hypothetical matchup, DeSantis versus Tucker Carlson. Tucker destroys him. Tucker's the nominee 10 out of 10 times. I mean, it's just. Oh, yeah. Tucker's for sure got juice. Yeah. And I feel like Tucker, I feel like Tucker, (laughs) for, for all of him being a horrible monster, I feel like he does have it in him to uh suddenly just look down the barrel of a camera and be like donald trump sucks like he's the worst <laughs> and then people will just be like but but tuck look at all this footage from your show over the years with you effusively praising trump and he'd just be like that was then and this is now trump is the worst and i hate him and it's just like okay well i do have faith that trump that like it would be like a like a clinical move like the people that control him would tell him this is what you need to say down the barrel of the camera but he'll perform he'll do it Oh, oh, absolutely! He'll, he, he'll, you give him the script. He's going to read it. He's going to say what he needs to say. I mean, that's just the way it works. Uh, and the fact that no other Republican can do that is so wild. They're just so beholden to this guy, no matter what. And it's just going to be great. He, he's just—he's just this giant anchor that's been thrown to the Republican Party that they're just going to go down with. Uh, between that and their their burning hatred on trans issues and their absolute psychosis on abortion rights, it's just like, man, can you make yourselves less un- less popular? Can you really just alienate more and more people with your bullshit? Just, I actually saw someone um, talk about this guy was just like, man, I'm pro life, but if we have to go to like a bandit only 15 weeks in order to win, it's okay. And then that guy got crushed. Everyone else was like, no, this is our hill to die on. Like no abortion ever or six weeks maximum. And it's just like, man, 
Like, I, I'm going to let you in on a little a secret of American electoral politics. Fetuses don't vote. Women do. And yeah, look, at, you, <laughs> look at Idaho. They've passed some of the most restrictive uh, abortion laws and to the point where doctors can be charged with crimes. And two hospitals have had to close their maternity wards because they can't get doctors to work there. They're just like, no, it's not worth it. I'll be charged with a crime for half the shit I need to do to deliver a baby. Because you guys, I have, a, just- I have a new pitch for the greatest show ever. Having uh, having found out that becoming the president makes you immune to crimes. An enterprising, uh, forward-thinking abortion surgeon or whatever (laughs) runs for presidency and wins and then becomes the busiest abortion doctor on the earth. (laughs) I was going to say a supervillain, but like DC already did that with Lex Luthor, but no, no, we, we just had, yeah, we just have someone carrying out George Tiller's legacy by becoming president and then just going to all the reddest states and performing all the abortions. Like literally they're like, look, everybody, uh, my vice president is actually kind of running the government. I'm just doing my job legally in the states where it's illegal to do this and waiting for enough Supreme Court justices to die that I can appoint liberals to the court to finally get Roe reinstated because America's fucking political system is that fucked. But until then, uh, refer all questions about legislation or America's <laughs> foreign policy to my vice president because I've got a lot of abortions to perform because that's what I was elected for is to just help out women in red states. And dear reader, or I guess listener, uh, if you think that I am uh, being a little a little crass with that and that that, that that idea is a bridge too far, I'll remind you that I think it's like CBS has a show about a scrappy young uh, medical professional whose superpower is Asperger's. I'm pretty sure that got multiple seasons. I seem to remember seeing yeah, more of that. Yeah, he got married that. in the show. It yeah. got at least three seasons, I think. Excellent. Yep. Well done. Yes. Asperger's doctor. Let's let's really hammer it home. It's just like, hey, Asperger's is so bad. Sometimes you're like an X-Man or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Super doctor because I've got Asperger's. <laughs> really bizarre. I feel like we figured out that was offensive after Raid Man, but apparently not. Like now, now it's just like, hey, don't worry. You're, whatever, whatever disorder you have is cool as long as it makes you hyper useful. Uh, looking <laughs> yeah. at the team, Rudolph. We yeah. hated it before with you before, but now we love it. So yeah, <laughs> now your now your red nose is useful. Get on the sleigh, Rudolph. <laughs> now you are new god because we are a fickle lot. It's like okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, speaking of a fickle lot, I feel like that's a, that that's as much Trump talk as we need to do this week because as the story continues to develop, we will continue to have to revisit it, of course. Uh, <laughs> so let's instead away to our listener mailbag. Our listeners got questions. We got answers. It's time for Q and A. Uh, Mebad asks, recent IRS quote-unquote raid on Matt Talaby uh, concerning or a stunt? Since only the worst people are reporting on it, I'm leaning towards stunt. Um, I pro- I don't think it was – he put you put raid in quotes. So I do think it was more along the lines of not a raid. And I don't think that anyone's actually going after Elon's bootlicking uh, toady. I just don't see this as a devastating uh, politicization of the IRS against a poor, innocent journalist. Like, he was the guy that, like, wouldn't really even defend the fact that he was getting rich off of Elon's bullshit. Because one of the, when he was before Congress, they were like, 
are you making money off of this? And he was like, well, I have more money, but I spent more money. So not really. And it's like, no, that, that means you made more money. That's, that's how this works. If you spent more money, that means you, you had more to spend. Yeah, I accumulated more money, but I spent it all on cars and stuff. So I have technically the same amount of money, if you get what I'm saying. Like, like I'm the same amount of liquid. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, as as he also stated, like, again, this has not really made it into, like, any kind of news. Because, again, no one really cares about uh, him unless he's posting Elon's latest Twitter files, which I think we're on, like, part 97 of and no one cares. It's just. And for, the, for those reasons that Mike just outlined, uh, outlined uh, Sarge and I uh, aren't really interjecting very much because I'm sure that we both don't know who this is. I don't know who this is. Matt Taibbi. Uh, yeah. He's. I I know him as Elon's pet reporter. Like he gets drip fed what Elon wants him to tell people. My heart weeps for you that you have to know this. I, yeah. I knew that much. I, I jo- jo- joined me in the blissful ignorance of not knowing who this guy is at all. It's so good. <laughs> just like, hey, did you hear that this guy got raided by the the IRS? And I'm just like, oh, sick. I guess I don't know. I don't know that guy. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. Yeah, uh, sweet or terrible. I don't know yeah. who he is. <laughs> yeah, the the best part about him is that he's just an absolute piece of shit who wrote a book about sexually harassing slash assaulting women in Russia. And then when people brought it up that he actually chronicled a book about him and his friends doing this stuff, he's like, oh, no, those sections were satire or parody or whatever I have to say to not admit that that was what I actually did in Chronicled when I was apparently a sex pest uh, overseas. So, yeah, combobulations to that terrible human being and i hope elon's money is worth it uh pancake peasant asks uh sports betting is a huge thing what are your top top complaints about the state of things comma and is there any QAnon connection to a non-better uh, a non-better wouldn't be aware of um oh nice me and sarge could take a pee break yeah <laughs> <laughs> i have to take a little nippy nap i have i don't think ever bet on sports in my life yeah uh yeah i'm i'm the degenerate sports better of the three of us um i Basically, I don't. I wouldn't. Have, I don't really have any complaints about what's going on right now. I'm more happy than anything that online sports betting is now legal in Massachusetts, so I don't have to dip over to New Hampshire, because basically all around Massachusetts it got legalized, but Massachusetts has dragged its feet for forever before finally doing it. Um, the QAnon connection, I believe, is more along the lines of the weird pattern recognition slash everything is rigged bullshit that exists in our world. I don't think people understand how conspiratorial sports bettors are. It is insane how everyone thinks the refs are out to fuck you oh, in particular. Yeah. Like, I, I, I knew people in... Vegas, who would swear to me that the Sunday football games were all on the level, but Monday night football was rigged because they knew everyone was betting the Monday night game because it was the only game to bet. So they would just rig it. So the, the team that had the more money on it would lose. And that's just a recurring thing. And you'll always hear shit like this. Like It's really funny how people who are super into all the nooks and crannies and all the special advanced analytical stats. At the end of the day, they'll just go full QAnon about a, a fucking football game. And it's just like, make up your mind. Are you, are we going to talk about uh pass block win rates and air yards and all this kind of niche shit that no one understands? 
or are you going to tell me, yeah, they brought this ref in to rig the game because they want the Bills to win? Like, you can't have both. You can't tell me that the stats matter and that it's the WWE. It's got to be one or the other. There's no middle ground. So I just think it's really funny that America has become more and more conspiratorial as time's gone on. And the more people who bet on sports, the more conspiratorial they'll become because there's no way my bet could have lost. It had to be rigged. And it's like, no, sports are just fucking unbelievably chaotic and everything's a small sample size. So that's just the way it works. So it's really, it's just fun. So uh, I think you're co-signing whatever Mike Rain said, I guess. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I, I hope I hope you had a good uh, turn one draft in Storybook Brawl while I was doing all that. I hope you hope you got Humpty. Hope you're going to be able to triple up that egg. Oh, is it is it working again? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It turns out it wasn't permanently dead this time. But the fact that that seemed like the case, not a good sign. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Cleodora Silvestri, the Hellworld Grand Inquisitor, asks, how did you celebrate Trump's arrest? Uh, I mostly just talked to one of my liberal friends, and they were just like, yeah, hey, he got arrested, he got indicted, fuck that guy, and I was like, yeah, fuck him. What so actual was, day did it happen? What was like, which, which day was Tuesday. it? Tuesday. Yesterday, wasn't it? Well, yesterday was the indictment. It was, oh. The indictment was unsealed, but the actual declaration that he had been indicted was like Thursday. It was like right after. It was like, as Elle said, it was like right after we finished recording on Wednesday. It was like, boom, and now we're putting the podcast on the internet. Clicks button. Trump indicted. It's like, yeah. you, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I try to think of, if, it, if it was Thursday, I think that I was doing nothing. But if it was any other day over the course of the weekend, then I would have been doing something. For instance, if it was Friday, I would have been playing D&D to celebrate. Uh, by which I mean it was happening, and I would have been playing D anD D because I don't care. Certainly not enough to celebrate. I mean, when he is like behind bars, that will be a cause for celebration. But like, if it, if you know, like, I'd be fine I'm with still just a belief see a pattern. So like, he's arrested. It's it's happening right now. See it. And I'm just like, yeah. Lots of people get arrested and they get off. So shut up. I watched OJ get arrested. I'm that old. Like, I was there when OJ got arrested, and it was clear that he, he did the thing. And he was never the president, so he had no leg to stand on there, like, regarding his invulnerability to crimes. And, uh, yeah, but then he got off, and I was just like, oh, it looks like the justice system, like, isn't perfect or whatever. Took that lesson, like, away at, like, age six or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me and a school bus driver gave each other a look as the result came down the pipeline because we were driving home from some field trip. And we were both just like, really? And I was just like, now as an adult, I get to remember that moment and just be like, I was like six. I shared that moment with like an adult ass person. We looked at each other, we were both equally confused as to what we were hearing. <laughs> anyway, I think I may have actually told that story on the podcast before. No, you haven't. I never uh, heard that before. Yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> I think you told me, but I definitely, uh, you haven't told it on the pod. Anyway, Sarge, did you did you tip any champagne back when the uh, when the deed was done? I think I had a drink or something. I think I, I think I was like, I was as I am want to do lately. I was probably painting something, and uh, I stopped to look at the news feed and saw he was actually factually indicted. And I was like, "Hey, rad!" Like had a drink, man. <laughs> didn't didn't dance or dance in the street or anything. Uh, I am also just pretty much waiting for an actual uh like conviction i I don't think he's ever going to see the inside of a jail cell but an actual conviction 
would, uh, I'm fairly certain, mean he can't legally run for office anymore and would take him out of our hair quite a bit. Yeah, I think that's it's kind of the way it was, is with at least these crimes. I think that, like, potentially the national security shit, I think that could get to a point where it'd be possible they'd have to do something with, like, house arrest or something, because the whole Secret Service detail thing would be really weird. <laughs> like, yeah. Hey, Secret Service guys, you have to go to jail with Trump. It's it's like how when an Egyptian pharaoh died, they, like, killed all his servants, and they had to go in the pyramid with them. It's like, no! Secret Service isn't, they're not priests. They don't have, they're, they're not sworn to secrecy, right? If they see no. him do something illegal... Like they have to say something, right? They're Th- that is a part of the te- recent testimony about the documents is that a bunch of Secret Service agents have testified before the grand jury about shit. So if Trump told them, "Hey, move these boxes," the Secret Service are allowed to tell the grand jury, "Yeah, we moved the boxes with the documents on them." We I just them. thought about. I was like, "Wait, wait a second. They're not sworn to secrecy. They're in fact technically law enforcement. If anything, yeah. they'd have to say something more." Yeah. Exactly. So uh, thank you for the question. Uh, Sub-Zero Shirt Art asks, uh, Mike Rothschild's book, Will Summers' book, and your book are in a, fi- a cage match fight to the death. What are your finishing moves? I can't even wrap my head around the yeah. <laughs> I, I don't even know how a book would land a finishing move. Each book would kind of fall on the others, or they'd be stacked Dude. up like dominoes. Do a backbreaker. Uh, you, you, can't, you can't slightly anthropomorphize books in your head so they can produce such, such maneuvers as the paper cut and the spine breaker. Both of which <laughs> I got to the same joke as me because books have spines. <laughs> yeah, Submission you. hold the earmark. I, um, yes, that is excellent. I'll, I'll allow Man, it. I, I am. I, the last thing I thought that this question would obtain is L going on a hilarious riff, but it achieved that. So now what? this question. That's his whole job here. Yeah, I know, that's, that's, my, that's my function. I, but I just didn't <laughs> think it was there. I, 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 the, the, the question just so paralyzed me that I had nothing. And then <laughs> L just like jumped up to the plate and hit a home run. I'm like, fuck, man. Uh, I mean, uh, come on, man. And, and the, 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 the event, uh, the pay-per-view event is called Off the Top, Off the top Shelf. And oh, it's, yeah, I mean, come on, it, 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 it writes itself. Bazinga! A pun inside of a pun. It's punception. This is like the people going into the fucking Eminem's lyrics and coming up with like triple entendres and all kinds of stuff. Like so, wait a minute, let him cook. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like going to the matrix book puns. Oh, <laughs> oh this is going to be our our newest podcast within a podcast Fine. about about book puns. <laughs> Yeah, please like and subscribe. Yes. Boozinga, <laughs> another pun. <laughs> uh, you're, you're a real undertaker. Yes. Uh, Leech from Buffalo asks, uh, how do you plan on spending your eminent Nicira Jisira cash uh, windfall uh, by converting it into Iraqi dinars? That's Excuse me? What? Oh, Jasira Nisira is basically the Iraqi dinar scam before the Iraqi dinar scam happened. It is this idea that the Amer- American currency was going to be revaluated in such a way as to make everybody immensely wealthy. Um, be- the story was was like that Bill Clinton signed a law to do this, and that obviously isn't true. And then there was a furtherance of this conspiracy theory that the law Bill Clinton signed to go into effect was going to happen on 9-11. That's why Bush did the World Trade Center to mm. distract everybody. And then he like 
signed some paperwork to suppress it so that it hasn't happened yet, but it legally has to happen. And as soon as we uh, defeat the deep state, we will find the Jasira Nisira legislation and uh, we will all be filthy stinking rich. Here's a, it here's is, a thing. Non-economists uh, need to shut the fuck up because here's how money works. If you tell somebody something has no value, then they'll treat it like it has no value and we'll have hyperinflation. So <laughs> yeah. you fucking fungus brains. If everyone tells, if the, if the government says, hey, that money, old money has no value, this is the new money, and you're all rich, uh, the, the market will correct itself. Look, I'm not saying that you're wrong and to go off king, but that being said, I did think it was pretty funny for you to lead that statement with, if you're not an economist, fuck up, shut the fuck up. Here's how money works. Yeah. I believe that's literally what you said. If you're yeah, not an economist, not. people should shut the so, fuck up. Here's how money works. And here I am thinking, I know Sarge is an economist. I took I took a, a I took some econ- uh, an economy class in college. Oh, thank God! You cleared that bar yet? So I think that you have now perjured yourself on the podcast. So the only way you can fix this is by becoming president. So you can be immune mm-hmm. to the crime of perjury that you committed just I a moment ago. Super, uh, super amnesty. Yes. Ultimate amnesty. The greatest of amnesties. Uh, Brian, as seen in the J6 report uh, shot, asks, what video game recommendations would you have for someone who is trying to get into gaming? I've been enjoying enjoying Zelda Breath of the Wild and Final Fantasy IX. Difficulty level, I only have a Nintendo Switch and a crippling case of ADHD. Um, my partner just downloaded a game called Dredge, and she's having a ton of fun with that. It is a uh, RPG... Uh, Eldritch Horror fishing game where you your avatar is a little boat that you run around and you try and solve a mystery and level up your boat so you can fish up more horrors from the deep. So um, I've been watching her just like that, just consume her free time. Um, Man, for the that- Switch, I don't have any slam dunk answers for people who have ADHD. Uh, I mean, I have one, but I'm afraid it's Mike's and I don't want to steal Mike's answer. Oh no! Go for it, and if and if you steal from me, then I'll I'll just try to come up with something else. Well, then my answer will obviously be Hades. You should be downloading and playing Hades. In fact, I'm surprised that you and us are not playing Hades right now. Is Slay the Spire <laughs> on the Switch? Uh, I think so. Yes, but again, didn't didn't the, the like? I feel like they they specified that they have ADHD, so they that we we don't give them like a like a so I'm not just like Civ Six. Or you know what I well, mean? Well, yeah, like, that, you you said Hades, so I threw in another. I mean, Slade Spire is another roguelike, so you're, you're yeah, but doing it's like that. card based, isn't it? Or am yeah. I getting confused with something else? That's like no, a, you, you, yeah. I think like that's that's a little more cerebral than like the fast switch action gameplay of a Hades. How, do, how does how does Doom like the the newer Dooms run on the Switch? I haven't played any of them. That also seems like it'd be good if you just want something to get in there and get some stuff done. I have no idea because I don't have a Switch. So hopefully, hopefully it works. It'll be good. Wow, what a bunch of clowns. Is this, is this, <laughs> well, actually, no, I know Sarge has a Switch. What a bunch of clown, a.k.a. Mike Gaines. <laughs> now it's your time. You, you get to be baby in the corner. <laughs> well, actually, the funny thing was that Sarge stole my idea because I was going to say Slay the Spire because I know it's for the Switch. And I, I, I didn't know that Hades was for Switch. So yep. I was going yep, to say Slay the Spire because I, th- I think that he had messaged me earlier about turn-based games and enjoying them. So having 
knowing that turn base was something that was in his wheelhouse, I was definitely going to re- recommend Slay the Spire. Oh, okay, fine. Like- yeah, so but play, play and enjoy some Slay the Spire and uh, relish in the fact that there are much better versions of that game for you to explore afterwards. I stopped recommending Slay the Spire to people, even though like it was a revolution when it came out, because now that it's like, now that it spawned this whole subgenre of the card-based roguelike, I just don't think it's the best one anymore. I don't think it's even oh, close. No, I, I don't uh, think. I, I, I know you love Monster Train. Is what is what is also on the Monster Train tier? Uh, I mean, in terms, so for me personally, like I like Monster Train is the best, like specific card based roguelike that I've uh, played still. Um, so, you know, I, I feel like if you're just looking for specifically that sort of, that sort of trip, I think like Slay the Spire is a better introduction to the genre than, than Monster Train. And I personally had a lot more fun playing Monster Train than Slay the Spire. So I would go, I would still go Slay the Spire first. And then if you like that, try a Monster Train. The, personally, the thing that hooked me the same way that Monster Train did was, uh, neither was, was, it was, it ended up being Storybook Brawl, which we had like touched on briefly earlier. Like, the, the, that sort of got got me feeling sort of the same sort of gameplay loop like sensation, even though it's a different style of game and it's competitive against other people. So, it, but the, but that game for as long as it still exists is cheap as free. So if you have a PC, even a crappy PC that can play a game, uh, I highly recommend uh, Storybook Brawl. Uh, yeah, uh, I know Monster Train's on the iPad now. I don't know if it's on the Switch. Yeah, I don't think it is, which is why I hadn't, which is why I I hadn't mentioned it. Yeah, uh, but if you like turn-based games, and uh, then the the Advance Wars uh, one and two re-release, I think, is actually out now. Uh, those are some. That's a classic GBA era turn-based uh, tactical game uh, that I can recommend. It was fun as shit back in the day. Yeah, the Switch is great for turn-based games. Like you know, the there's uh, through the breach or whatever it was called. Oh yeah, um, is like is one that's like pretty divisive, uh, but I hear that the people that like it really like it. Any of the any of the advanced war style games, the tactics ogre style games or whatever, they're making remakes of a lot of this stuff too. So. Oh yeah, T- uh, Tactor- tactics ogre reborn is uh, is very fun. I, oh, I tacky ogi. Yeah, I've I've been playing that on the Switch when I'm not uh, painting. I'm in. I'm in a bit. I, my hobbies very much run in grooves, and I, I'm in a painting groove right now, so I'm not doing much else. But, well, there uh, we go. Tactics a diverse over. assortment of uh, recommendations. Yep. So, uh, final question, as always, is uh, what are you guys looking forward to? Oh, do I just place the Domino's order? I'm gonna slam this greasy pie into my face, and, and <laughs> while I finish my laundry, or while I finish my laundry, and enjoy the rest of my day off. It's going to be good stuff. Uh, I don't actually have much planned this week. At some point, I will probably end up seeing the Mario movie. Um, Oh, I guess I'm excited that the Dungeons and Dragons movie was a fun and decent time. Like, it wasn't, you know, it's not not, not winning any Oscars or whatever, but it definitely cleared my bar of 7 out of 10 movie-going experience. So, yeah, uh, that that is exciting. Um, And then I have a new D&D campaign in the works, but that doesn't start for another three weeks. So it seems a little premature to spend my my excitement on it now. I'll I'll catch that shipping later. So for now, Domino's gets it. Way to to go, Domino's. Way to be available and uh, have me in your loyalty program system so that I had a free pizza to redeem. (laughs) Free pizza and you don't have to make it? That triggers like so many different taste palette possibilities. The Japanese are going to have to make up like seven new words for that. 
Yeah, and, and they could also make up a word if they don't already have one for uh, being tricked in the way where I'm just like, yeah, they had, they had, they were offering me a free pizza, so I spent thirty dollars, and, and in addition to the other stuff I got, a free pizza will be there. <laughs> of course. <laughs> what about you, Sarge? What are you looking forward to? Um, you know what i it, I watched the breakdown of the anime that is animes that are new IPs that are coming out this season. And I watched the first episode of the number one recommendation, Hell's Paradise. Uh, And I'm looking forward to more Hell's Paradise. It's got brutal, violent ninja murder and body horror and just a lot of great things. And it looks amazing. It's Studio Mappa. So uh, I'm looking forward to more Hell's Paradise. That uh, shit is very good. Uh, I am looking forward to uh, more Taskmaster because finally the new season oh, right, has come right. out. Yep, I, I saw episode one. Uh, enjoying the new cast, always the always that question of how's the new cast going to perform, and they seem up to the task. So. My God, I didn't know it had started, and it's hot and fresh enough where I should be able to pirate it on YouTube before they start taking them down. <laughs> yes, yeah. So, yep, episode, episode one I think was uh, last Thursday. So yeah, they're they're broadcasting live in, in, in the jolly old Britain on Thursdays. And I usually can find a way to watch them by Sunday or so. So I get to enjoy all that good stuff. And also uh, basking in the tears of all wrestling fans as they sob uncontrollably. Now that Vince McMahon's dumb, incompetent ass has reclaimed control of his company and he's going to run it right into the ground. So, <laughs> Uh, my schadenfreude from that is delightful. You people thought he was ever not going to ruin your fucking beloved pastime. Yep, you're wrong. So tough break, everybody. And enjoy all of that, WWE fans. It is truly the worst. <laughs> that That's our contractual obli- ob- ob- obligated talking about wrestling on the podcast. Yeah, uh, it, it's, it's, bound to ha- it's bound to happen at some point. Uh, so the, the, we, we almost got there, but, but Mike, Mike came through to, to bail us out there in our, our time of need at the very end. <laughs> We had books hitting wrestling finishing moves on each other five minutes ago. We had those, those, those could have easily have been anime style moves. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. We were talking about backbreakers. Yeah. Well, uh, but it, it, it was, it, it's at a cage fight, but it could have been like Baki the Grappler or whatever. That's only sort of like wrestling, but it's also <laughs> sort of like anime. So it's sort of like a lot of things. Anyway, so that's going to do it for our show for the week. Thank you so much for listening and supporting us. If you'd like to continue to support us for free, you can do so by giving us a five-star review or telling a friend who might be interested in our inane banter. If you have money and you want to donate it to us, we're happy to take it. You can visit us at patreon.com slash poker politics, where your donation of $5 or more a month gets access to 40 plus hours of our back content of bonus stuff, including uh, Kabbalah what we do out of shadows, mules errand. And uh, it will also get you access to whatever bonus content we produce in the future. Uh, but you can donate less than $5 a month if you'd like to. Uh, thank you to this week's new beautiful baby, Anthony C., Welcome to the crib. Is that is that a thing that I can establish? Is that does that does that feel good on the tongue or the mind? Welcome to the crib. You see, because it's got sort of like the two. We'll workshop it anyway. <laughs> welcome to the crib, Anthony C. Our newest beautifuler baby. Uh, and if you have money and you don't want to give it to us, you can do some good with it by donating it to love146.org. They're an organization whose vision is the end of child trafficking and exploitation, and they won't talk about the kids' genitals even a little. Thanks, as always, to DJ Minimal Effort for use of our intro song. Still no social media for them, but our buddy Frosty 
good old reliable Frosty, our voiceover artist friend, is on Twitter at FrostyVO if you'd like to go check them out and be like, hey, we like Adventures of Hellworld and they talk about you, so we like you too because apparently you are a pretty cool guy, which he is. You can find the show on Twitter at Hellworld with a Q instead of an O. Me on Twitter at Hellworld L with Hellworld spelled the same way. Sarge at Sergeant Hell. And of course, Mike is at Poker Politics. Uh, so if you ever want to get in touch with us, that's the place to do it. That's also where we solicit our mailbag questions. Uh, the show proper at Hellworld with a Q instead of an O. So for another successful episode of the Adventures in Hellworld podcast, I have been one of your hosts, the mysterious L, joined as sometimes like a, like a double rainbow, the uh, the mysterious Sarge, and our expert in all things QAnon, crazy Mr. Mike Rains. Good speed, patriots!